welcome to I See Star Wars, a podcast about vintage Star Wars action figures. I am your host, Michael Havens, creator of The Imperial Commissary. Come with me, I will be your guide as we journey through the incredible universe of vintage Star Wars collectibles. Welcome to episode 14 of IC Star Wars. Our special guest star collector today is Rob Amatea, a.k.a. Micro Rob. And the figure of the Kenner line that we will be delving into is Luke Hoth. So, hang tight, get ready, as we start up another episode of IC Star Wars. Said you want to be around when I made a mistake. This could be a sweetheart. I take it back. First off, a retraction. I wanted to apologize to Justin Morgan. I totally blew it. I called him Justin Tharp. Justin Tharp is one of my friends up there in Kansas. Um, uh, Justin Morgan was the wonderful IC member that helped me with the wild find. So there we go. I'll backpedal. But uh, to Justin Morgan, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And thank you so much for that tip. Keep the wild find tips coming, folks. Now on to Ask Mike. Every time I go to record a new podcast, I take a little bit of time out and I put up a post on the Imperial Commissary where it all started. And uh, I put it on the Facebook group and I say, Ask Mike, ask me anything in the comments about me, the IC, ICCC, Star Wars Celebration, anything. I will do my best to answer the next episode of I See Star Wars off the cuff on the airways. I See Star Wars is official podcast of the Imperial Commissary, www.imperialcommissary.com forward slash ICSW. I don't look at the questions ahead of time, so it's fresh for the show. To all you wonderful folks that listen to me, thank you. I see for life. Let me know if you have any questions. And then what I do is I open it up here and I scroll down and I see what you folks wrote so I'm going to click on comments now I have not read any of these before that way it is fresh um <clears throat> Jeff Wright here's the link for the podcast uh that was just somebody tagging somebody <laughs> see I should look at him ahead of time uh next up Mark Ketley okay questions thoughts on the news retro Star Wars figures coming out soon uh, the Retro Collection. The Retro Collection is done by Hasbro. Here's the thing. Hasbro owns... Well, alright, let me tell you a little bit about the Retro Collection if you haven't seen it. If you have, great. If you haven't, just go Google it. You can find it. It's the Retro Collection. It is uh, vintage-style Star Wars action figures on cards. Um, in the vintage style, quote-unquote. It kind of looks like they have, like, fake weathering. Um, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think it'll be like when they redid some stuff in the 90s, the early 90s there, and uh, people could tell the difference or they were marked differently or else they had a different COO or a different date on them or uh, like they did with the shuttle where it was hard to tell. They did all that weathering and you could tell by the paint apps and stuff like that. So hopefully... Um, you'll be able to tell with the retro collection. I don't really fear it that much. I believe that the blasters will not be exactly the same. Hopefully they won't. Maybe they'll sink. Uh, maybe there will be ways to tell them apart and tell the differences. Um, I'm sure there will be something. Nothing will be that on point. 
nobody can obsess like we can as collectors, so I really wouldn't worry about it. Personally, I personally do not like it. Get a new idea. There's tons of wonderful people that do wonderful Star Wars customs. Check out one of our Facebook groups, Star Wars uh, Customs, Bootlegs and Customs. It's www.facebook.com forward slash groups. I C S W B C. So that's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash I C S W B C. But people make these unbelievable customs completely from scratch or from parts that are left over from figures. There's no reason you can't do something in the vintage style, but it'd still be a new original idea. As we've learned before, the definition of repro, at least at the Imperial Commissary, is repro is any item that is produced to look as close to the original as possible so it can pass off for the original item. Uh, to do a couple more definitions, since I've got you listening, uh, a custom is anything that cannot be passed off for the original, and that also applies to a bootleg. Uh, and a custom is any original idea. A bootleg is uh, anything that cannot be passed off for the original. If you saw some of these vintage bootlegs, bootlegs of Boba Fett or a Stormtrooper or something, and you put them next to a regular Kenner Stormtrooper, you would have to be in a pitch black room in the middle of the night with no moon and your hands tied behind your back to think any bootleg could ever be a production figure. Um, so does it fit into one of those categories? I don't know. Ask yourself. It looks really, really close to the original. Why would you make that? There are originals. They're called collectibles. They're called vintage Star Wars toys. Um, but it is their choice. They own the copyright. They own the brand. So how will we be treating it at the IC? Well, at the IC, they will only be allowed on the Imperial Commissary 2. You must disclose it uh, whenever selling them. And I am quite sure that there will be something obvious, and that will be one of the ways, along with many of the other wonderful places like the Imperial Gunnery or SWCA that I'm sure have them on order and will tell us all the differences so we can be vigilant in the future. I really wouldn't worry about it too much. Do I love it? No. I mean, why? Why just remake something? Make something new. Um, or else make something in the vintage style, like I'm talking about with the customs. Make an awesome custom. Make things we never had. And the cool thing is, is they say they're going to come out with Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin in the Vintage Line. Will I buy it? Yeah. Even though you got to buy it with a game? Yep, of course. But why not do a whole bunch of figures like that? There's other figures that they could have made that aren't obvious. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, that's that's their choice. They own the contracts for it at least until the end. I believe it's uh, the end of 2019, so that's probably why they're trying to knock these out now. Um, so I don't know. How do I feel about it? I'm glad to have a Tarkin, but I have a custom Tarkin already. Somebody made it for me many, many years ago, and actually I even have a vintage custom Tarkin from Mexico that is just ridiculously old. So, way to get up with the times. <laughs> Those are my opinions on the new retro Star Wars line. Uh, next up, Dan Kissel. What do you like and not like about the barge now that you have one? Uh, the sail barge, the Hasbro sail barge. Yes, I did buy a barge. Um, so I got my barge. It came in. It was boxed in a box and inside another box, inside another box, which was neat. It really kept the internal packaging really nice. 
Um, I think Hasbro has a really, really nice barge. Uh, mine wasn't shipped on time, not what I promised. I wasn't really loving that, but it is what it is. It did get here eventually, and uh, it's cool. You open it up, the box art looks awesome. Um, it's giant, it's ridiculous, it's large in size. People are complaining about the little rubber things that attach. And Folks, it's 2019. I encourage you to find a toy at that price point for that much of a toy where it has all pieces made of steel or whatever you'd be happy with. Um, I do see a lot of people sending back because that outside cardboard box has been damaged. But just so you know, there's a cardboard box inside that cardboard box, and then inside that box is the actual uh, product with the box. Um with the box art so i don't know maybe somebody's going to grade one of the full seven foot tall boxes instead of the five foot barge box with the color displayed beautiful artwork i don't know um what could i say about it i think it's really really neat i think it's neat the way it has like uh spoiler alert if you're going to wait on your barge or haven't opened it yet and don't want to know these things. But I think it's cool the way it has like the hammerhead skeleton in there and the different compartments and the food area and the uh, Jabba's area. I, I think it's really, really neat. I have filled my barge personally with vintage Boba Fett's because I wanted to do that. Um, I don't love how the sail is not more flat, but I guess it would have a little bit of that rigidity to it with all those beams um it's a neat product it goes together really really neat um it looks good i don't love the way the panels come on and off but that's because i'm more of a display collector instead of a uh, kid playing with it as a toy and what i mean by that is if you yank one of these panels off all right for example there's a whole bunch of panels that go down the side and i took them all off and i filled it with boba fett's it's integrated into my boba fett tower and it looks really really cool um the thing is is i didn't know there was a cockpit and the cockpit holds a couple more figures and i would love to have that open with a couple boba fett's in it but i didn't pay attention good enough and if i go to unsnap that cockpit and think rebel transport vintage rebel transport if i go to unsnap that cockpit it's going to knock over all the boba fett's that are inside that barge because i didn't put stands on any of them to save room um so i just i haven't done it but would I like to? Would it be cooler if it was just an easy opening door? I think so. But for playability, if you're going to load it up with figures and you're going to close it all and close all the sides and go fly that skiff around your sandbox in the summertime, it's great for that because those doors stay secure. Um, so I don't know. Good with the bad. I, I, I think it's awesome that they made it. I think it's really neat that it's done. Um, I don't love the way... Well, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, and this is just my personal opinion, but I don't love the way they told all of us a year ago, hey, this is your only chance to get it, back the barge, give us $500 or $1,000 each, and uh, we will get you a barge as soon as they're going to ship, they're going to ship this month, you're going to get this, you're going to get communication, you're going to get tracking numbers, you're going to get booklets, you're going to get uh the barge and it's going to be awesome and you know what it was and they came through on a lot of those things um a couple of them they didn't and then 
what happened is once everybody got their barge and believe me, I'm not, it doesn't affect me. I don't care. I have mine open and displayed. If anybody's looking for a barge box with a yak face, feel free to PM me. Uh, I don't really want it or have use for it, but I will sell it for whatever market price is, or at least a little bit less than that, or a lot less than that. If you'll just come pick it up. <laughs> but, uh, and I know this isn't going to be popular, but the poor resellers, anybody who was buying these things to resell, who bought 20 of them, 30 of them, and laid out tens of thousands of dollars way ahead of time. And I know this doesn't matter to people, but you want stores to continue to carry your product. You kind of got to treat them properly. And uh, what happened is they send out all these barges and then they go, all right, and we're going to open up an eBay store um, now that the limited exclusive item is out there and more people want it and you could buy it off there as long as you're an international customer. Now, you know as well as I do, if anything is sold anywhere in the world, there is some way to purchase it from America on eBay. So anybody that bought these for investments, oh, terrible. Um, total waste of money. If you bought it for a cool toy to integrate into your Boba Fett tower, it is a cool toy to integrate into your Boba Fett tower. Um, those are my opinions. There you go. That's what I think of the sale barge. Um, let me see. What do you like about the sale barge? All right. Rob Caruso, is it gravy or sauce? It's gravy. Here's the thing. Rob is a very funny member. He's been a member of the IC for a very long time, since the beginning of the IC. Actually, he's starting up a subgroup. I wasn't really going to talk about it, but uh, since he since he decided to be funny, I will. Um, <laughs> he's starting up a subgroup for uh, builders, for folks that love IC, love the Star Wars, love the IC feel, love the idea. And uh, also build Star Wars items. So if you're a prop builder, set builder, site builder, 501st armor builder, uh, if you're building those models of the Millennium Falcon or a DeLorean or whatever you want. Um, actually, I don't know if DeLoreans count, but yeah, I guess they do. But any kind of person that builds these things, um, these working droids, stuff like that. And he wanted to start up a subgroup of the Imperial Commissary where you can tinker with stuff and uh, make things. He's building a Millennium Falcon. I don't remember the company. Um, Diasanti or something like that. Don't quote me. But uh, he's building Millennium Falcon of theirs and a... Uh, what is it? A DeLorean. Um, also, David Becker, I believe, is building the Millennium Falcon from there. He's another IC admin. So they wanted to uh, go over there and start a subgroup. So I will be releasing that probably Friday right after this podcast. So go check it out. I don't even know the URL yet to spit it out to you. I haven't even set one. But uh, it should be all ready and good to go by Friday when this is live. So hopefully. Anyway, Rob is an Italian up from New York. And for some reason, he's a confused Italian. And uh, we Italians, I, I'm 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 uh, half Italian, half Czechoslovakian, and uh, I'm an old school Italian. Though if you ever meet me, I love pasta sauce is great, but gravy is better. Um, and Rob always likes to make this joke because he doesn't believe it's called gravy, and we Italians go back and forth with the is it gravy or sauce. So he goes, is it gravy or sauce? Now I am in the the boat that says it's gravy when there are meat products added to the sauce then it becomes gravy. If it's just a marinara sauce with just uh, tomatoes and garlic and some olive oil, then it is sauce. Or if it comes in a jar, it's sauce. But gravy is that really deep red, delicious stuff with like sausage and meatballs and 
stuff like that in it. Um, so there you go, Rob. You made me talk about pasta sauce or gravy on the uh, on the internet there. But no, I, I think it's gravy as soon as you add meat to it, man. That's my uh, that's my stance on that. Next up, Rock Mastrangelo. I think that's right. Rock Mastrangelo, I hope I meet you one day, brother, so you could correct me on your name. But Rock says, besides vintage Star Wars, have you been tempted to collect any other vintage toy lines? Thanks, I'm glad you are podcasting again. Oh. <laughs> Rock, it's hilarious, brother. Uh, totally, yesterday. Um, well, I'm downstairs where uh, we build Legos at our dining room table whenever it's in between uh, holidays where the dining room table is used. So we build Legos there, Andrea and I. And uh, we were sitting there, and yesterday we were building the sail barge, the uh, vintage sail barge. And it was a cool build. Um, a little bit difficult, but still cool. And uh, we were building the sail barge, and we finished. And we were like, all right, what do you want to build next? And Andrea just got me the Voltron Lego, which is awesome just the box for it is just it's awesome and uh i remembered playing with voltron and how the five different cats come apart uh, into the five different vehicles well not vehicles cats um but like big cats like tigers but not really like i don't know lions what were they probably lions or something like that Anyway, the Voltron box is awesome for Lego. I highly suggest you check it out and Google it. It looks awesome. I can't wait to build it. Uh, but that seemed like an awful lot of parts. So we're just building the uh, Emperor's Throne Room for the final scene, the final duel scene with uh, Vader and Luke. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's fun. It has a lot of parts that you can, like, lightsaber and then the the uh, walkway falls and stuff like that so it's cool um but we're building that one now instead of Voltron but as I was messing with Voltron I told myself I said you know what I'd really love a really nice Voltron to put on the shelf loose I don't want a box because I don't remember even what the box looks like but I sure remember that Voltron and I'd love to take one apart and put them together again for old time's sake so do I collect other toy lines no never it's vintage Star Wars only that's me but, uh, yeah, sometimes if it's really, really cool, I mean, I've got a, I don't know if you guys have seen Coco, the Disney movie, um, but I have a Dante uh, on my desk, and I also have one that pretty much goes anywhere with me when I do a con or anything, it's in my bag. Um, and it's not for any reason besides I love the idea of that toy, and I love that dog, and it's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I have little things like that. I have this... Uh, Darkwing Duck set. It was a mailer. I saw it. Mike Stafford, I think, had it. And uh, I saw it one day on some different board. And I was like, you know what? I love Darkwing Duck. Why not? So, yes, I do have little things like that. But I try to avoid it at all costs. Because uh, it always takes up more and more room. And then you have to choose what goes in the box. And you don't want to put things in the box. Because a person like me, I, I don't like having all the boxes. I like having stuff on display if you saw my desk right now i have 35 figures standing up underneath my monitors just because uh you gotta display it and uh i don't know they look really cool surround yourself by vintage it's awesome i highly suggest it um ray Schilling, in one of your last podcasts you mentioned that bausch's helmet could snap onto her backpack being one of my favorite figures i immediately paused the podcast ran upstairs to try it i can't believe i never knew that my question is, do you know any other tricks with Kenner figures? I do know a couple, but you know what, brother? Uh, with her, you can also shove her uh, her gun underneath her elbow, 
um, so it actually looks like it attaches to her, um, and she could stand there with the two empty hands and the gun and the helmet on the back. That's really cool. That that's first thing. Um, what else? There is a place on the Millennium Falcon where you can snap the floor into place on top of the uh, Falcon on the uh, the cover part that comes off, so you don't lose the floor. Uh, there's Han Solo in uh, Hoth. You could throw his blaster into his holster. Well, the heel of his blaster, but it still looks cool. And it goes there. It's still neat. Um, what else? I don't know. Hopefully, as we go through uh, the figures, I'll, I'll start to think of some more. Um, but for on the spot, those are a couple I could think of to try. Uh, what else? I don't know. I'll think of some more. Don't you worry. Uh, next up. Racialing again. Also, where can I get an icy hat for when I go to local toy shows? Brother, if it's an icy hat, the best place is meetups. What's happening with the icy hats and stickers? And I'm very sorry about this. I, I'd love to still be able to sell them and uh, get them out there to you folks. But it's just, it's become so busy. Uh, my IC life between the convention and the everything the meetups the planning the convention the planning the meetups this whole celebration thing is huge uh getting swag getting merch getting t-shirts getting acrylics handling wild finds still so that i stay active in because i still love to collect and uh oh i don't know agents and contracts and guest stars and flight info and there is so much on my plate, brother. I just don't have time to sell the hats or to sell the stickers. And the only reason why is because there's never been any real margin on those things because I try to keep them as low as possible and as high quality as possible. And uh, so if you buy anything from any of the flash sales, if you buy anything from me, as always, there'll be something in there for you, um, some special little free present and uh, if you come to any of the meetups i highly encourage you come to the meetups there's free stickers free swag free everything free games free everything there's charity raffles where the money goes 100 percent to canela where we raise the money uh same thing that we do the charity raffle on the ic but in real life uh there's a lot of fun there's a bar there's uh i don't know there's it's it's a great time there's there's a whole bunch of collectors that bring all their toys to buy, sell, and trade in person. It's the Imperial Commissary, but in person, which is awesome. So come on out. Come on out. It's going to be up at the Hyatt on uh, Friday, April 13th um, at the Hyatt in the evening. I believe it's 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. Don't quote me on that. It might be 6 till 10. I think it's 6 till 10. Might be six till nine. I don't know. Six till ten. Anyway, uh, at the top of the IC, if you click on events, you could find it there. But all those different things have taken away my ability to sell the stickers or to sell the hats. Um, the only reason why is it, it takes too long for me to ship it, and I don't have that much time anymore. Um, you could always hit me up, PM me. Maybe I've got one laying around, um, and I always try to help, but not really. Please just tell somebody at a meetup or something like that. There'll always be IC hats to purchase. Uh, you'll also be able to get the ICCC ones off of the ICCC website and at that convention. Um, but for anything Imperial Commissary, you got to make a meetup from now on, folks. I'm sorry. Or uh, if you buy anything, of course, I throw it in every box I ship. There's always free free merch in there. Uh, but, uh, otherwise, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's last time I did the hats, I sold 50 hats in a day and that's 50 
first-class shipping labels and boxes that I had to make all over the world in a day. They sold out in like 30 minutes. So it's just not... Uh, it, it's too hard right now. Um, but eventually, maybe one day, we'll have a nice website where we have the logo all hooked up and I don't know. But that's one day far in the future. I'm not even thinking about it now. I'm just trying to get Celebration to be awesome, uh, to make the IC part of the Celebration experience phenomenal, and then I want to make ICCC the best con on the planet eventually. Just give me a few more years. But uh, this year it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a really good time. I know you didn't even ask about any of that, but I just went completely off on a tangent because you asked for where you can get a hat. <laughs> So you can get a hat from uh, any IC member that's going to the uh, celebration meetup. They'll be there. I have special ones. Uh, here, I'll release it here as a secret sneak peek. They're in celebration colors. Uh, the IC logo in celebration colors on a black hat. It is a flex fit, fitted, one size fits all hat. They're very, very nice. Um, have a friend grab you one. They're going to be 30 bucks at the show. And uh, you can grab as many as you like. Until I'm out. I think I have 80 or something like that. 75, 80. I don't know. So try to get there early if you really, really want one. Next up, Ryan Joseph. Is this a recard? Okay. Is this a recard? Let me look. It is a Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Star Wars action figure survival kit with purchase of any Star Wars five figures. It is a Boba Fett. Now, the thing is, is this Boba Fett, yes, I'm going to say it's a recard. The reason why I'm going to say it is a recard is because this Boba Fett has, uh, he's too big for his bubble. Um, also, his footer is flat, and I'm almost positive I'm going off. I don't have any Bobas in front of me. They're in the other room. But I'm almost positive he's supposed to have a bent footer, and it's really weird that he's sideways like that. Um but his footer should be up. Anyway, I'm trying to describe a picture on a podcast. Hey, brother, if you ever have a question about something real or fake, uh, shoot me a PM. Uh, also, it is a screenshot picture of a, I guess, marketplace picture. But you got to always be careful out there. Uh, I don't see any tape for the blaster. And let me see. It's a Hong Kong boba. I guess it could be that boba, maybe. But no, the footer looks brand new. And the bubble's definitely wrong. So, your Boba Fett. And Jonathan Robinson says, yes, it is. It is a recard. There you go. I should have just read down, and then I wouldn't even have had a look. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, be very careful out there. Lots of recards. This one that I was talking about has a price sticker on it and everything. Don't trust people that just say, oh, the price sticker means it's legit. Price stickers come off and go back on. People do shady things. Be very careful. Ask a friend. Pay attention. Learn what to look for. Grab yourself a UV light off Amazon for 7 bucks. Be heads up. Uh, or talk to Jonathan Robinson, who's a very awesome guy and an interviewee for the podcast. And uh, he's just... He's always cool. Like, as soon as I mention figure of the week, he has, like, every single one on a Kenner card. It's awesome uh, of whatever the figure of the week is. He has an amazing collection. Ryan Joseph, only one I have ever seen with a flat footer that doesn't go between the legs. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, the footer on this one, it was flat. And uh, it should have been bent. That's what I thought. Cool. Uh, Garen Overfield, am I adopted? I have no idea, brother. 
That's a question for mom and dad. Dave O'Brien, I want a better life for you. One of the ones I couldn't give, plus I needed room for more vintage toys. Dave O'Brien is saying that he gave up Garen Overfield for adoption. That's cool. They got me to say it. Next up, Mike Lester. Michael Lester. Michael Lester is a native Tennessean. He's uh, a whole bunch of fun. Uh, one of my friends down here. Michael Lester says, other than ICCC, what is your favorite non-corporate con that you've been to? In other words, best con outside of Celebration, Wizard World, etc. Well, you said it, Mike, not me. Um, but uh, the best non, that's kind of putting me on the spot. Um, you know what I really enjoyed? There was the rock show in Mexico City. Oh, <laughs> It was it was really cool. Lots of vintage, like on the ground, and it's in like this blown out church um, that just has like it's just rock walls, and that's why it's called the Rock Show. And they hang up these tarps, and they put up tables, and it's awesome. Whole bunch of toys. Uh, there's some other toy things down there that I've really enjoyed. There was one. Uh, it's the toy. Oh shoot, you put me on the spot. It's the toy show. Um, something toy show, but they have a rock band there, and I found. An R2-D2, Lily Letty R2-D2 for 60 bucks there. Uh, it was in great condition. Not perfect, but still, Lily Letty uh, R2-D2 in a bag for 60 bucks. It's a good deal. Um, those kind I really, really like. I do go to some of the shows here, um, but usually they don't have vintage Star Wars. You know what? There was a really cool show at the, uh, I think it was the Lions Club or the VFW. Um, I actually think you were there, if not... I know some of the Tennessee Ghostbusters were there. But anyway, those kind of little shows that are little pop-up shows and little tiny wherevers, those are the best. And the reason why those are the best is because you get random stuff that people find in their garage. They get a table for 10 bucks, and sometimes you hit, especially if it's a vintage-focused type show. I really like the little shows a lot. Um, there's always the fairgrounds in Nashville, which is fun to walk around. Uh, flea markets are fun to walk around in the summer. But, you know, those are more fun to walk around. They're usually not that great for vintage. Um, as far as non... I don't know too many conventions i mean i i, I kind of appreciate the setup question and everything brother but <laughs> it's i don't know too many conventions that don't have a corporate structure uh this one is just run by a whole bunch of collectors yes i'm the person that talks about it the most and i'm the one out there saying hey come here buy tickets here listen to these guest stars do this do that but there are at least 15 to 20 people behind me at all times helping and holding me up and doing this work and making videos and uh, doing the marketing and getting uh, marketing detail together and working on deals with different uh, local big businesses in order to get these things done and to bring you the best show possible. So we keep making it better and better every year because what happens is the more people that work on this with me, the more people, I mean, last year we had a team of maybe five people total that built everything, did everything, and helped everything. We had the security detail, which happened to show up the day before. If they didn't, you would have saw no banners hanging because we needed more help because it was the first year and not everybody believed it was going to happen and a lot of people didn't want to step up to the plate. Now there's so many people stepping up to the plate. It's wonderful. Do we need more volunteers? Absolutely. Are every job the best job in the world? No. But... 
we also pay for like cleanup and stuff, so it's not really anything like no dirty job. Mike Rowe would not be proud. I mean, it's nothing like that. It's just the more of us that come together to build this thing, it will become a crowd made, fan made, 100% everybody making something that they want together convention. And hopefully one day, I don't know, we'll see how it works. But I am, uh, people can believe this however they want to believe this, but I am not in this to make money. I have other real jobs that are completely separate from this. I was just very tired of going to convention after convention, spending an awful lot of money, not having the very best of times, but having the best of times in the world at the after shows and room sales and meetups and that's what it's all for and I mean why not I I was thinking why not just have a place where people can come do that because that's what we're all searching for we're searching for that camaraderie and when it becomes something I don't know I just saw that some convention isn't letting people uh stay overnight anymore to line up for things and uh that's I don't know if you open a if you're if your family your whole life has Christmas, if they celebrate Christmas. And on Christmas Eve, now my family would never do this, but on Christmas Eve, every single year, you guys get to pick one present, and you get to open that present. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, (laughs) your family gets a new member. And that new member says, hey, we no longer do Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. Um, Deal with it. And I don't know, maybe people wanted that, maybe they didn't want it, but how are you going to tell people where and when they can line up? I mean, shoot, come to Nashville, line up whenever you want. If it's an extra charge to the facility, I am more than willing to pay it. You could line up three days before. Uh, I'll come and ask you to help help me set up. Why not? But uh I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I haven't been to many cons, if there are a bunch of cons out there. Oh, you know what? Um, I've never, ever been, but Echo Base is a Facebook group, mostly out of the UK. And Echo Base throws a con out in Echo... Echo Base throws a con out in uh, London. It's called Echo Echo Live. And uh, I hear it's very nice. And that's a bunch of nerds just making a con just like we are. Um, so I think that's really cool. I would like to get out there one year and check it out. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. The CTS shows are great. Um, I don't know if they are cons, but they are great. They're, they're great toy shows. But, I mean, it's also... I don't think they notice so much because it's so wonderful and Kenner is there and stuff like that. But just because of the massive immersion of having Kenner be their facility in your backyard um, has made so much stuff there that sometimes they don't notice it. But they have great toys. It's awesome. Uh, It's just that, of course, people are going to come there. Of course, people are going to hunt there. Of course, people are going to look there. I mean, if you were looking for... I don't know, a diamond, you know, you can go to De Beers and that's eBay, or you can go directly to Africa and dig in the dirt until you find one. And, uh, you could do either of those things. Um, and the CTS promotion show is really a diamond in the rough. It's a, it's a great show. Um, great for star Wars toys, great for any kind of Kenner toys. 
and because of its location uh, you see great stuff there so I love that show I always love attending that show but I don't know if I'd really call it like a convention convention because I mean there's not really panels or stuff like that it's more of a toy show as far as I'm concerned that's pretty much what I prefer is the toy show um, to bring in really big guest stars and really big names and really big high-end expensive pieces um lots of times you need the massive conventions like celebration and hopefully one day uh we can get up to just that massive level i'm sorry i'm on i'm on on the spot here and also trying to choose my words carefully because i have to think about the future but uh i i want i want to provide something that allows all collectors to come together whether you like the IC, don't like the IC, whatever. I want all collectors to come together in order to solidify this thing we have and build it for the future. And the reason why I want that is because I am having the time of my life going to these parties and going to these meetups and going to the check out the cool toys or to the room sales or to make a deal in a hotel room. It's awesome. I love it. So I want to keep that going. And the thing is... I don't know who's going to keep that going because Celebration is wonderful. It is, but it is owned by big companies now. And when big companies own things, they uh, it changes a little bit. And it has to, which is totally understandable, and I totally support it. It's just, I don't know. There's something to be said for minor league baseball. There's something to be said for minor league baseball. I love the Yankees. I love going to Yankee Stadium. I love sitting down low and watching the stars crank home runs over that right field fence. I love getting garlic fries and a Philly cheesesteak with a tangeray and tonic that my waitress brings to me in my padded chair. <laughs> it's still going to cost you like two grand a game to do that. I also like going to a double-A ballpark, having a hot dog, sitting down, and for the hot dog's like a dollar. They'll have like a beer for a buck. It'll have a fun contest where a couple mascots run around the field and kids get dizzy spinning around a baseball bat, and the infield is kind of into it, and that's where you see heart and you see excitement. And will you see all those dingers and those home runs? No. But will you see an incredible baseball game? Yeah. And that's the thing. That's There is something to be said for both things. And both things are wonderful and they bring a whole different, uh, whole different product to you. And a uh, product to us as collectors and as fans. And I like both of them. I, I am going to have a fun time at Celebration. I am so looking forward to my friends and meeting up and hanging out and having fun. It's exciting. I'm also looking forward to ICCC. Now, ICCC, unfortunately, as of last year, I had to work so much, I didn't even make it to the room sales. I would have loved to, but I was working a lot. Now, there are a lot more people helping, and hopefully there'll be a lot more volunteers. So I'm very excited to have a little bit of time to enjoy it this year. So that's what I'm looking forward to the most is enjoying it um, 
And who was my other favorite non-corporate con? I don't know. You just you just heard my favorite shows as of right now. Um, even the Las Vegas Toy Show. It was really well run. Very clean. Very nice. Um, I don't think they're corporate. I don't know who the corporation would be. But uh, they're really, really nice guys. Um, and it was a good time. It was a well-run show, I thought. Uh, but what do I know? I wasn't there as a guest star. I was there as a vendor booth. So it was... Uh, well, not a vendor booth. I was just hyping the IC and ICCC. That's what I do. I go around now, and I am the politician on the end of the train shaking hands. And uh, I have a wonderful team behind me that's making it happen. So, Next up, Dave O'Brien. Who all is in for a Portillo's run during celebration? Mike and Andrea, are you in? Portillo's is great, Dave. I will definitely have some Portillo's. Portillo's is a uh, a sausage house up there in uh, Chicago, up Chicago way, which is real nice. But uh, they got fries and whatnot, too. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Jay Schmidt. Couldn't think of a question this time, but I wanted to say thank you for all you do. Jay Schmidt, I appreciate it, brother. And I appreciate your question last time. It was about the interesting way my mind works. <laughs> Garen Overfield, again, if you could only get one guest and they had to say yes and money didn't matter, what would be the one guest you would bring to ICCC? Um, hmm. That's a tough question. So money is no object. Harrison Ford, of course. Um, he would never, ever come. He never, ever does conventions. But it's Harrison Ford. He's Indiana Jones and Han Solo. <laughs> that guy. Uh, next up, Richard Trosclair. What is your favorite cartoon or animated show when you were a kid? Um, I love DuckTales. I love Tailspin. I loved the gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Um... Anything like that. What else? Uh, Secret of Nim I thought was scary. The Last Unicorn scared the ever-living heck out of me, but I loved it. Um, cartoons, cartoons. I said DuckTales. Um, what else? I liked uh, Gargoyles. Remember Gargoyles? That was a really cool cartoon. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of course. What else? I don't really know. That's about it. I think that sounds like enough to rot your brain at a young age. But uh, those are definitely my favorites. I'm sure there's some that I've forgotten that uh, that I really enjoy too. But just off the top of my head. Uh, next question. Charles Van Bruslin. Actually, the last question it looks like. Charles Van Bruslin. Since we have figure of the week and vehicle of the week, could we maybe get a question of the week? Something like, why do you collect? What non-Star Wars hobbies do you have? Or even, what do you do for a living? It might be a good way to learn about each other. I think that's great, brother. Um, those kind of posts work, but whenever they're a figure of the week or video or vehicle of the week, um, it's for a week. And a post doesn't really last for a week. No matter what you do, it floats down the IC. There's so many different posters. The page is so active. Um, there's no real way to hold it up there uh, without taking up the announcement bar or the, uh, but the pinned post. But that's where we put the IC charity raffle, so that's what goes there. Um we could try it. I have put up posts like that in the past, and they do work. And they'll get a couple hundred comments on them inside a day. But then after two, three days, they float down the, they float down the, uh, what is it? Down the board. 
Um, but you know what? Why not? I could I could throw out a post like that once a week or something, or once every couple of weeks to ask those questions. Sure, uh, shoot me a PM, brother, and submit those questions, and I'll throw it out there. Why not? Sounds like a fun idea. That is the Ask Mike section. So thank you very much for asking Mike and uh, learning stuff with me here. And we are going to go on to the next section where we talk about a vintage Star Wars figure. Only a fully trained Jedi Knight with the Force as an ally will conquer Vader and his Emperor. If you end your training now, if you choose the quick and easy path as Vader did, you will become an agent of evil. Now we are into the Jedi training section of IC Star Wars. We are talking about Luke Skywalker in Hoth battle gear today. Unfortunately, Wikipedia doesn't have an entry like we usually use, so this week I am using StarWars.com with the info about Luke Hoth. Though the Rebel Alliance has struck a major blow against the Empire with the destruction of the Death Star, the war was far from over. The Alliance built a new secret base on the ice planet Hoth, with Luke now a commander. While out on patrol, Luke spotted what he thought was a meteor impact on the surface. In reality, it was an Imperial probe droid. Before he could inspect it, however, Luke was viciously attacked by a towering Wampa. Though Luke escaped the ice creature's cave, severing the monster's arm with his lightsaber, the young Jedi nearly died from the frigid surface temperatures. It was also at this time that he was visited by the specter of Obi-Wan Kenobi, who instructed him to go to Dagobah's system. There, he would learn the ways of the Force from Yoda, a Jedi Master. Han eventually found Luke keeping him warm inside a Tauntaun's belly until help could arrive. Luke recovered from his injuries and led the rebel defense against the Empire's ground forces, including massive AT-AT walkers giving the Alliance time to evacuate the planet. At this time, Luke Skywalker changes into his Dagobah outfit, and that's a different figure. <laughs> Luke Skywalker Hoth Battle Gear was originally released on the Empire Strikes Back card in 1980. He was on the Empire Strikes Back card, the Return of the Jedi card. He was on a Kenner Canada card. He was also on the Palatoy Empire Strikes Back card, the Tri-Logo card, and the Kenner Baggy. Those are the ways he came. He came with a short laser rifle with a strap. There's two variations of that laser rifle. One is matte and one is glossy. Um, you could tell he has the cool scarf hanging off his hat and it's floating in the wind. Uh, that's how you can tell Luke. He's a little bit different than the, uh, Hoth rebel commander and, uh, the Hoth rebel soldier. Um, and also something cool about him is, uh, on the tri logo, his face is painted with almost a more white face or tan face painting. Um, so the tri logo or PVP, those are those are cool and they're a little bit different of a variation. Really neat to see. There is a bootleg of him, um, the model Trem from Brazil, the lead bootlegs. There is a lead bootleg of Luke Hoth. So there is the information on Luke Hoth for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in for your Jedi training. Obi Wan has taught you well. Up next, we will be moving over to our awesome interview with Rob Amatea. A.K.A. Micro Rob. They call him Micro Rob because he has 
one of the best, if not the best, uh, micro collections, certainly the best micro collection I've ever laid my eyes on, uh, prototypes, pre-production samples from all over the world, and he is also huge on collecting swag. Swag is the stuff that people give away for free at large conventions. Um, there's celebration swag, there's IC swag, there's IC meetup swag, there's a whole bunch of different stickers and badges and pins and patches and... Well, coins, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different types of swag. We're going to talk a little bit about his micro collection. That is all coming up in the next section of IC Star Wars, The Interview. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the episode 14 interview with Rob Amatea. He is here to talk to us about his micro collection, which is one of the best in the world, if not the best, certainly the best I've ever seen. And he's also going to talk to us about something called swag. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Good, Mike. How are you? Very good. Very good. Ooh, did you fall down? <laughs> no, no I, I'm in my son's room uh, on his computer, so oh, nice. I, just, cool, cool. I just kicked the bucket. <laughs> I kicked the bucket. Well, perfect, brother. Um, it's always tough to get some to know somebody in a quick interview, so here at IC Star Wars, I do a lightning round to break the ice. Are you ready? Sure. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? Uh, it depends. It goes between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, depending on the day. Okay, is there anything that influences that day? Cold weather? Uh, probably. <laughs> no, it, it, it's just, uh, I, I don't know, the nostalgia of A New Hope to, uh, you know, how great Empire was. I, I understand that, actually. Uh, what's your, who's your favorite Star Wars character? R2-D2. R2-D2. That was R2-D2. a nice, easy, quick one. You knew it. Yeah, he, he's short and he has to be censored, which is why they bleep him, and I'm the same. I'm short and they have to censor everything I say. <laughs> well, I'll throw a Chewbacca roar over you or an R2 <laughs> bleep or something if you, me- <laughs> if you mess up. Uh, what is your favorite Star Wars toy line from A New Hope to The Last Jedi? Uh, the toy line has to be the micro collection. Okay. Uh, any reason why? I don't know. I I I, I never had it as a as a kid. And uh, in 1990, I went down to a um, toy dealer slash collector's house in Monroe, Connecticut, named Lenny Lee, who actually put out the toy magazine back then called Action Figure News and Toy Review. Cool. And when I was down there one day, I, I was looking in his uh, display cabinet, and he had the back to chamber playset for the micro line, which is an unproduced playset. And from that moment on, I fell in love with it. Nice. So my main focus is unproduced micro. You know, I I, I did end up getting all the production micro uh, from the U.S., Canada, and Australia on top of it, which uh, was hard to do and track down, especially in the early 90s before the Internet was the Internet. Right. Well, uh, if a Wampa is versing Hoth Luke... In hand-to-hand combat with no weapons, who wins and why? Oh, God. Um, it would have to be Luke. He's got the force. Okay. That's the, what I was thinking. The Wampa's just got a big old hand. Yeah, because I think the Wampa caught him off guard. You agree? Yes. That's the only reason why he got a chance. Yeah, was not expecting him. Snuck up on him. <laughs> All right, the last one, brother. Lucasfilm calls you tomorrow and says, you can choose the next spin-off movie. What do you pick? Well, actually, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big Shadows of the Empire fan, but I think the Han Solo movie should have been a, a Dash Rendar movie. Ooh, you, you, wouldn't, good. you wouldn't have had to worry about replacing Harrison Ford as Han Solo. He's a bounty hunter. He's a smuggler. You know, he, he basically is Han Solo without being Han Solo. 
So it wouldn't have been looked at and judged as harshly as Solo was. And maybe Mo- Boba Fett would have been at the end instead of uh, Darth Maul. Exactly. <laughs> well, great lightning round. Um, I know who you are, but let's fill in our listeners. Uh, Rob is micro Rob. Uh, he's a vintage Star Wars super collector. If it's vintage and it's micro, he's the authority. But when it uh, comes to uh, convention swag, he's one of the first and foremost collectors of that, too. Um, so without further delay, do you want to answer some essay questions? Absolutely. All right. What is your first Star Wars memory? Um, uh, six years old, going to see uh, A New Hope in the theaters. What do you remember about it, though? Um, God, I just uh-huh. the, the, the whole thing. It, it was amazing. I, um, you know, watching Darth Vader walk on stage and, and you know, Walk on screen for the first time. Uh, you know, R2-D2 just fell in love with that little guy right from the get-go. Uh, you know, lightsabers, it was it was amazing. <laughs> nice. Um, what got you into, I know we just talked about the micros. You said uh, you saw that uh, back to tank. But uh, yep. what got you into doing the prototype part of the micros? Did you finish all the regular ones and then started growing into it or? Actually, I started with the prototypes. The back oh, really? to chamber was an uh, was a prototype, so that's what I went looking for. I wasn't looking for the production stuff. You know, I, the the stuff that interests me were, were the prototypes. So back in the early '90s, there really wasn't anybody who was uh, into micro. So you know, I, I didn't have a lot of competition at that time. So I was able to, you know, pick up quite a few pieces back then. Um, you know, since then, you know, micro has. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's still the redheaded stepchild of the line, but it's uh it, it's picked up popularity. You know what? It's really awesome, man. If you actually set them up and look at them, they're really really awesome playsets. The, the thing with the micro line is not a lot of people know it past the stuff that was produced. You, you know, just the you know the the ships and the few playsets that we got. You know, it was a you know a whole another experience with what what they started with, which they never you know, never got to, and where they were going which, you know, the line got canceled, you know, early in uh, 83. So it, it would have been a lot better. They, they were getting better in the place that were going to be able to do a lot more than it started off with. If they, if they only gave it another, you know, six months, it, it might have had a chance. Right. I like the uh, Falcon one. Was the Falcon one early or was it one of the later ones? That was one of the later ones. That was uh, a Sears exclusive for the... Um, 1982 Christmas season. After that, it was opened up to any store who wanted to buy it. And the same thing with the the Snowspeeder, that was opened for J.C. Penney for, through the Christmas season. And then after that, it was available at any other store. Uh, that's cool. What uh, what's the favorite? What's your favorite item in your whole collection? Oh God, um, I have a unproduced R2D2 Paintmaster, which I absolutely love. What's a, what's uh, a uh, Paintmaster? Fill in our... Okay, the, the Paintmaster was... When they sculpted the line, being that they were so small, they couldn't get the detail in a one-inch figure that they wanted. So they sculpted everything four times the actual size, which they called a four-up. Mm-hmm. And then after that got approved at that size, then they would you know scale it down to the, the one-inch size. So uh, Paintmaster is just a painted four-up of the, the final piece that you would have had oh cool so then they shrunk it down i wonder how did they do that do you know how they did that yeah there's a, a pantagram machine that they used and it would it you know it would trace over the figure 
and it would carve a steel mold um, negative of what it was tracing. Uh, so it wasn't like uh, the Zelensky's or whatever in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? <laughs> no, not at that all. That would have been a lot cooler, man, if it was like <laughs> this giant laser. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, what's your uh, favorite part of collecting Star Wars? Particular. Uh, the community, you know, me- meeting new friends. And, um, you know, back in 1996, we started the, uh, well, we didn't officially have a name back then. You know, we, we just had, uh, you know, guys from the tri-state area hanging around. I'm from Connecticut, so it was New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts guys. Um, you know, that went on for, for years, and then it slowly started to die out. But, you know, I, I picked it back up again, and, uh, you know, I rebranded us as the uh, New England Star Wars Collectors Club and, you know, kept on growing and we grew outside of the New England area. So to keep the same, you know, letters, you know, I changed it to the Northeast Star Wars Collectors Club. And that's what we are now. We got uh, on Facebook, we have about 150 members and about 50 of those um, make it to our, our, you know, meetings every about we do about every three months. Well, I have to make it up there for one of those meetings. I've actually come to your house and seen your lovely collection. It's, yes, you uh, have last last it's, summer. It's ridiculously awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Just for the record, it's like uh, it's way more information in one room than I could ever ever even hope to pretend to know. And then he also has this uh, like the swag, and he has like every swag from every celebration, from every this, from every that. It's it's amazing. And some of this stuff is so very, very cool. Swag is snowballing now, and uh, but you've been collecting and producing it and bringing it to shows for years. What got yeah. you started? The um, in in two thousand two, uh, that, that was Celebration Five in Orlando. I did. It was the thirtieth anniversary of the micro line, so I came up with an idea. I wanted to do a enamel pen. So uh, I contacted my good friend, Jared Clark, who does all my artwork for me. And I said, listen, I want to do, you know, a micro collection pin celebrating the 30th anniversary of the micro line. So he sent me an idea that he had. And uh, if if you've ever seen the logo for the micro collection, it looks just like the Empire Strikes Back. You know, the star on the top, wars on the bottom and micro collection in the middle where Empire Strikes Back would be for the logo. And... um, you know, so I was thinking to do something like that, and then on one side have 1982, and the other side have you know 2002, and and Jared got rid of Star and put 1982 and replaced Wars on the bottom with um, you know 2002, and I was like, that looks good, but that's not what I had in my mind. So I, I had him do what I I originally asked, and it came back, and I looked at it, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't like it. Let's go with your idea instead. So we we did that. And because I always have to go above and beyond, I decided after the pins were made that I wanted to have little boxes made for them. Mm -hmm. So I I tried going every company I could find to make a box, and I couldn't find a company that would do it, either because the production run was so small, I only had 150 pins made, or because of, you know, the Lucasfilm uh, logo being on there and the Star Wars logo, uh, no company would touch it. Right. So I went back to the drawing board, and, you know, I've had proof sheets and box flats and all that other stuff, so I know how boxes are made. So I went back to Jared with the design that I needed with the sizes, and I said, can you put this together for me? And he did. 
So then I went to uh, uh, Kinko's and I had it printed on the thickest paper stock that they had. Mm-hmm. And I sat there with an X-Acto knife and hand cut and pasted together 144 boxes wow. to, to put the pin in. I, even with a cellophane window over where the pin was, it, it was, it was crazy. So nice. but that yeah, was, very, it looked awesome. that was very popular at, uh, at celebration that year. So next celebration came around, I had to top myself. So I'm <laughs> like, okay, well I'm known for micro. So it's a four day fair, uh, you know, convention. I'll, uh, I'll take the four figures from the back to chamber, which is an unproduced playset. It's 2-1-B, FX-7, Luke in his diaper, and C-3PO. So I'll make enamel pins of the figures, but I'm going to do them actual micro size. So they're basically a micro figure. So I did those, came up with little backers for that, and uh, those were a hit. I did a different pin uh, each day. So if you didn't find me on the first day, you can find me on the second day and get the first day's pin. It was retired if there were any left. Oh, nice. So That's actually a great idea. I might do that with some of the stuff I have because I was wondering how to hand it out. Keep going. I'm going to pick your okay. brain. <laughs> um, then we had um, the next celebration. I did, well, what am I going to do now? We'll do the torture chamber, which is the second unproduced playset that was going to get you know, almost almost ready to make, go into production. It has six figures. We got a five-day fair. We got the white Bespin guard, the black Bespin guard, Han and Shackles, and Ugnot, Chewbacca, and Chewbacca has a backpack which carries C-3PO. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I can make that a five-day thing, and we'll do the guards, and I'll, I'll just double up on Chewbacca and 3PO since they basically go together anyways. I'll put both of those. And I made little card backs with it. Well, Jared Clark obviously did that. Um, you know, it had the micro logo on there. It said series three because this was my third celebration doing it. And, um, we just went into production with those made little card backers. The card stock wasn't as thick as I wanted that time, but it had to do, we were too close to celebration to change it. And I did, did the same thing, different pin each day. And, uh, you know, one day you lucked out, you got two pins at once. You got two and three PM. So again, that was a hit. That went over great. And what I what I was doing at the same time was I was making special boxes because I don't have the time at Celebration to sit and watch every panel to get all the Star Tots. I love the Star Tots, so I want to collect all those. So I, I did limited edition three packs mm-hmm. of the the back to chamber or the torture chamber figures. So I had the Rebels and I had um, I had the Bespin set. Or no, what was it? it was? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The rebels in the Bestman set, and and I did three packs of those, and um, you know, for anybody who sponsored a Star Tot because they get extras that they get to give out, you know, if they wanted to swap a tar- Star Tot for, you know, the three packs, you know, I would do that, and you know, I was able to put my set together that way without having to uh, sit in every panel, which don't get me wrong, the panels are great, but there's so much more to celebration that you want to do. You just don't have time to sit at all the panels. There is you never know, enough time to do everything. There's not. Sure. You, you, you yeah. pick and choose. And I already know with three panels I want to go to this year. And I don't even know all the panels that are out there. So, well, tell the folks, what are, what are star tots? 
Star Tots are what the uh, collector's tracks put out. They they were based on um, a line that, that Kenner was trying to develop for little kids, and they were... They were Mike. What, what was the line that they were? They spawned off. Wasn't it Star Tots? Well, Star Tots was what Star oh, the, Wars, was, uh, but they were Tree Tots, weren't they? Yeah, something like that. They had that Ewok village they made of it too. That came so, off the tree, the little people, so, but the so um, like in between Weebles and little people. Yeah, so it, <laughs> it was a line that Kenner that that was popular with the younger kids, and they were thinking of doing a Star Wars line, and um, that got dropped. And there were prototypes out there. So the guys in charge of the collector's tracks decided at one time to let's do that. And we'll continue it with other Star Wars characters, you know, and and it's great. It's um, this is the fourth year of doing it. They've done Star Wars Empire Jedi. They did try logos. And this year they're doing Power of the Force. And each one is actually coming with a collector's coin this time. Oh, cool. So, you know, you'll get your star tot of whatever figure and you'll have you'll have a collector's coin with it. And they're great. They're about what do you say, about a two inches tall, Mike? Yeah, two inches tall. Yeah. yeah. So But they're really nice and detailed. Th- they are. Really they, cool, they are yeah. they are great. So this year for celebration, I was going to go with um the mail away set for the micro line. But it was going to be the second mail-away set, which I'll get to at another time, and I don't want to spoil what figures that, that would have been. But a friend of mine named Jimmy Barcelino said, well, why don't you do Boba Fett, and we can do a different stage of Boba Fett. We'll just use the same mold, and uh, you can do that. So I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I, I so, agree with anything more Boba Fett, yes. I'm sure you do. Good job. <laughs> so we did um, five five different Boba Fetts for each day. Uh, well, nice. for each, each of the five days. So I'm going to start off with the white prototype Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. That'll be Thursday. Uh, Friday, I'm doing the holiday special. Nice. That one's uh, really cool. Yes. Uh, the micro collection one is uh, the next one. Return of the Jedi Boba Fett it will be the, 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 the fourth, and the, the fifth one will be Boba Fett from Droids. So the color patterns match, and I also did card backs for those that match the, uh, the, the, the figure that I'll be giving away. That's awesome. It's very cool, man. And what happens with swag? How do people get swag? This is the best part, everybody. You just track down the person who has it. If you have something to trade, you trade. Some people, it doesn't matter. You just find them, ask if they have the swag, and they just give it to you That's for free. It. For free. It's free. It's free. All you got to do is go out there. Go out there. Check it out. Your uh, lanyard will be covered in cool pins from all over the world. You will look like Mr. T with pins and buttons. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Your neck, your neck will be sore by the end of the celebration. <laughs> I think I've had uh, seven lanyards on at one time throughout celebration, and it still didn't hold all the swag that I had. It's amazing, and some of the things that people come up with. You came up with that 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 patch, man, which was everything. That was cool. Yeah, um, tell them, a few tell them a few about years back, patch, I decided. That was really yes. cool, man. Yeah, a few, a few years back, I decided to do a puzzle patch. At Celebration 5, I saw you know, a puzzle patch. A friend of mine, Ralph DeZazzo, was running around trying to complete this puzzle patch. And I'm like, I'm with him, so I'm there, and they're giving me patches too. And, and that's when I really fell in love with the swag, was at Celebration 5. 
And, um, you know, by the end of the time, I had all these puzzle patches. You put them together. You know, you get different pieces from different people who are sponsoring it. You put it together, and uh, there you go. You know, you, you put together a puzzle of, of whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So um, the first one I did a few years back was the Darth Vader carrying case. And it was in one, two, three, six, I think seven different pieces. Mm-hmm. So we had seven different sponsors do it. And each piece was a different logo from the Kenner toy line. So you had the Star Wars, the Empire, the Micro, the Jedi, uh, the Power of the Force, the Droids, and the Ewoks lines. So we covered all that, and I found different people who liked, you know, different, you know, had focuses on there. Like uh, Jared Clark was an Ewok collector. So, um, you know, he sponsored that piece. Uh, Josh Blake sponsored the the um, the Micro Collection one. I, I was doing my pins, so I, I spent way more money than I wanted to on that, so I wasn't able to sponsor. But, um, you know, that was a hit. And, you know, people liked it, and um, it was a very simple, you know, just black Darth Vader carrying case with just the just that on there. So I had to up the game the next time, and, uh, you know, I wanted to do better. So last celebration, we did the early bird envelope. Mm-hmm which shows the original 12 figures on there. So we broke that up and we had people sponsor that. And we even did an overlay, you know, the red overlay that goes on the envelope and it had all the clubs and the sponsors names on there. And, you know, that was a 13 piece puzzle patch. So that went over great. People like that. This year we decided to up the ante again. Ooh, I'm excited. And we're doing two puzzle patches. Nice. The first one is we did the early bird envelope. Now we got to do the mailer. So now you got the early bird mailer that comes with Luke, Leia, R2, and three, um, Chewbacca. Oh. Um, so they're sitting in the tray. Above that is the box. And the shipping label that would be on the box has the celebration information. You know, oh, the date. Cool. You know, yeah. Celebration That's Chicago. That's a great idea. Yeah. And we, we did that actual size of the the toy. Oh, so wow. So that, that's one-to-one size. <laughs> You're going to um, have to eventually tell me who your patch guy is because, wow. Not, not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> the, um, it's massive. I can't wait. I'm so excited. The other patch we did was the Sears Cantina, uh-huh. which came with, you know, four figures. You had the Snaggletooth Walrus Man, you know, Hammerhead, and um, why am I not remembering the next one? Greedo. Um, but we needed more figures on that. We, we wanted to break it up even more. So we added Luke, Ben, R2, and 3PO. So it's an eight-piece puzzle patch. Cool. So you get that, and, you know, the figures are attached to, to it. When you get all the eight pieces, you put it together, you have the cantina backdrop with the figures on there. Nice, yeah. But to make that one more interesting, I did booth and sponsor patches. So people who work my booth, the Northeast Star Wars Collectors Club, we actually have a booth. We're 1440 at Celebration this year. Nice. So the, the people who work my booth, if they sponsored the the patch, they will get a blue snaggletooth to go along with it. And this is die cut just to be snaggletooth. So you can just lay it on top of the patch anywhere cool. you want. And if you just work the booth and you you didn't sponsor it, you get a plastic cape Jawa booth nice. patch. If you sponsored you and you're working, you obviously get both. So 
you know, people might want to track down people who are working to actually get the two chase patches to go along with it so you actually have a complete 10-piece patch. Oh, sure enough. Well, uh, the folks working in my booth, uh, we have a booth for the IC, uh, 1340, so I'm right down the block from you. So I'm seeing you, you every go. day and getting everything. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got a booth right there, and the people, you know me, I do hats, so I'm giving my folks hats. Uh, there you so go. The only way to get that hat is to work the booth or to uh, bribe somebody that's working the booth. <laughs> well, we, again having to up the game, we decided Ralph DeZaza came up with an idea. He wanted to do challenge coins. Nice. So he brought the idea to me and I, I liked it. I really liked it, but you know, he wanted to do just some random coins. Um, I don't remember the names he said, but I said, we, we need to fine tune it. We need to reel it in and come up with a focus. So we, thought about it for a little while and with Hasbro coming out with their sale barge that just mailed and, and everybody just got that finally. We I discovered mine in Boba Fett. Oh, I saw, I <laughs> saw that. We decided that um, what people are doing right now in this year anticipation of getting their sale barge is people were trying to buy the figures that they didn't in the past to fill the sail barge. So they right. were looking for the, the yak faces and the claw twos and the, you know, the Nictos, you know, all those figures that they need to put on their, their, their sail barge. So we decided to come up with a concept and we, I, you know, I named it fill the barge and um, we got an actual star Wars artist who, who drew a sail barge uh, and you know, I contacted him, spoke with him if we could use his art, and he was more than happy. You know, he liked the idea that we did. And we turned that art into a coin album. And we did 15 coins of Kenner vintage action figures. So it's basically from the chest up of the figure. And I tracked down six other clubs that wanted to do it. And I, I you know, I wanted to get more clubs into it, but I ran out of coins. Right. So we have the fill the coin challenge and it takes place um, mostly on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, Thursdays and Mondays, at least in my booth. And I know a couple other booths are doing it this way, too. Not a lot of people are going to be there and seeing that it's very limited. There's only 100 of each of the coins being given out. We wanted to do it on the days that the show was really filled. Mm -hmm. So the. Pennsylvania Star Wars Collectors Society, Northeast Star Wars Collectors Club, Line Force, um, Ken Kentucky Star Wars Collectors um, Society, or Club, I'm sorry. Um, let's see. The Norwich Star Wars Club UK and Swag Crew are the six clubs that you're going to need to go to to be able to, um, to complete your coins. Cool. Now... Some of the clubs have multiple coins. Like I said, there's 15 altogether. And it's going to rotate, at least in my booth, every two hours it's going to be a different coin. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do 33 coins a day on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Every two hours it will be a different coin. And you come, you roll the dice. If you come up a winner, you get a coin. You're also going to get a postcard. You take your postcard every time you get a coin from any of the booth, get it stamped that you have that coin. Once you have seven stamps, 
I'm making it easy. You don't have to get all 15. You come back to my booth. We're going to give you for free a coin album, which is 11 by 17. Nice. So you can take that, put your coins in there, and we did it a standard size. So you can just go to a regular frame shop, buy a frame if you want to, frame it and hang it on your wall. Awesome. So, um, yeah, on the uh, the Northeast page, um, on the Swag Crew page, and, you know, a bunch of other, you know, celebration pages, you can find more information out there and images of what the coins look like. Nice. Yeah, I saw them, man. They look really, really nice. Very detailed, and very well done. All your stuff is always so well done. Thank you. Thank well, you. I, here, I try to trick, go folks. above and beyond every time. Yeah. And... <laughs> Brother, I got the same disease. <laughs> <laughs> well, since that was all done and I there was still time to kill before celebration, mm-hmm. I did all the coins as bottle caps. Nice. Um, so you, you can grab those. I did... Uh, a few other movies that I enjoy, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Blues Brothers, which were Chicago-based movies, and did a small different run of bottle caps for those also. I saw that Ferris Bueller one, man, where they're hopping in the Ferrari. Yes. You know, Ke- Ke- Kessel Run to Chicago. <laughs> and um, let's see, you got Carrie Fisher was in Blues Brothers, so I have her labeled there as Princess Leia. Yeah. Frank Oz was in there as a security or a... Uh, you know, a, a jail officer. I have him in there as Yoda. Um, if you've seen the movie, and probably everyone has, Jake gets, you know, glowing when he was in church. And so I have him labeled as Force Ghost Jake. <laughs> and there was a cameo in there by Steven Spielberg. So I took that and made a bottle cap, and I labeled him George Lucas as a joke. Nice. <laughs> so those are out there along with um, bottle caps that we also did for um, the holiday special. That is There's so four cool. holiday special bottle caps of Chewie's family. And what I want you folks to realize is I want you to, it's not just Rob that does this. So many other clubs do this, that you can walk around Celebration <clears throat> with no money in your pocket and uh, a handful of dreams. <laughs> and you can walk out with a whole bunch of really cool stuff. I mean, it's hanging all over my walls. It's all over the place in my house. I mean, it's all over. You have, like, everything, man. I don't even know how you keep track. How do you keep I, track? I don't, Is there I don't anymore. Is there or something? Or... I lost track a long time ago. <laughs> What's the trick, um, man? <laughs> there's a Facebook page called Swag Crew, and they're tracking everything that people are posting that that's being given away. And we're at over a thousand pieces of swag right now that are just being given away for free. Yep. I so actually, you uh, could I'm walk home there. with a lot of stuff. Let's give them a uh, let's give them a little. It's called Swag Crew, SWC Swag Crew. Is that one it? Yes. All right, SWC Swag Crew. If you want to check it out on Facebook, it's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash SWCSWAGCREW. That's uh, SWC Swag Crew. Cool. Yeah, and really I, I hope group, I'm not man. speaking out of school, but those guys at their booth, and I don't have the number handy right now. Their booth is 1243. It's on their uh, background. They will be um, they will be letting people make swag at their booth. Cool. On-site swag creation. 
on-site swag creation. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they went public with that. If they didn't, sorry, guys. I just outed you. Don't worry. It won't come out till next week. You'll be fine. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, what is if you had a pick, let's say pick your top three. What are your top three favorite swag items in your whole swag collection? What's something that really stands out? It could even be top one if you have one that's just, oh. Um, let's see. I believe it was one of my favorite pieces came last year. I think it was Mark Miller. He did, it might not have been him. I'm not sure because he has some good ones coming out this year. No, it had to be him. He did um, the um, the trading cards pack of uh, you know original Star Wars cards, mm-hmm. and he did series one, and you can get an enamel pin of Luke and who's on the series one? Luke and Ben? Yeah, yeah. The blue you, one. No, I'm sorry. Is it Luke and three PM? I don't remember. God, I'm so bad. I'm, I'm not terrible in my with room, cards, so man. I, I, don't I actually have... just got rid of the cards because I have no way to display cards. I'm bad with cards. But um, they did an, an enamel pin of those, and, and this year they're doing Series 2 and Series 3, and they look beautiful. So th- that, that's definitely one of my, my tops. And um, somebody else did an enamel pin of you know Luke off the, um, the upper left-hand corner of the comic book mm-hmm. from the you know um, Marvel put out back in the 70s. So it's, it's him holding his lightsaber, and that was – that that's a great piece too. Those are two of my favorites, and um, probably number three. There was a, a few years ago there was a tie fight, Darth Vader's tie fighter puzzle patch that was put out there, and you know you get all the different pieces of it and you can put it together. It's Darth Vader's tie fighter, and that's it's cool. it, it's a beautiful patch. Nice, yeah, that's cool. Um, all right, what are some tips? Some good tips for first time swag hunters. Uh. Don't be afraid to talk to people. Yep. Um, a, a swag crew is giving to people who've signed up um, a badge to wear on their lanyard that says swag crew. And if you're wearing that badge, that means you have something to give. So if you see people with that badge, don't be afraid to ask. The thing, the, the, the trick is ask early because everybody, they have limited numbers per day because, you know, we're not mega millionaires where we can just buy enough to last a whole weekend. Hmm. So whatever they buy, they split up between the amount of days. And, you know, when it's gone, it's gone. Find me again tomorrow and try. So, um, you know, if you see if you see people with a swag crew um, badge on their lanyard, come up and ask them and say, hey, you know, do you have any swag? And 90% um, of the time we have something in our pockets. They do. <laughs> they do. And go to the fan booths. Visit the fan booths. You know, you might not even know that there's a fan booth in your state that you, you know, a club in your state that you can join and meet new friends and talk about collecting and, and that type of stuff. So the fan booths are there. We all have swag to give away. Come up. If you live in the state, sign up, become a member of that, cl- uh, that club. And, you know, you'll meet new friends. You know, some of my best friends in the hobby I met through meeting up in my club. Yep. And, uh, you know, just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Even if you're part of the Flying Solo Cruise, uh, you know, that they have a fan table this year. If you're going to Celebration by yourself. You know, I, I'm taking to the archive party. The Star Wars Collectors Archive podcast has an archive party every year. <laughs> That's I'm the taking one on Thursday at, night I was telling you guys about. 
Thursday night, and yep. it's always a great time. Yep. I'm taking as a guest somebody I met online. I've never met the person. I had an extra ticket because I sponsor that also because, you know, why not just throw all your money away? I did too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, man? It's for number one. It's for a good cause because it all goes to dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, number two, it's good people and it pays for a good time. And there's a bunch of fun games and stuff like that. And you know what I mean? It doesn't hurt anybody, man. And we're already wasting money on old toys. So that train left years ago, brother. Exactly. <laughs> and they have great swag at that party also. They do. So I was talking to this guy and, and he's, you know, I've never been to one before. I'm shy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm taking you to the party. I'm going to introduce you to people. You're going to make friends. You are not going to be there flying solo after this year. Absolutely. You know, somebody I don't know, I'm taking him under my wing, bring him to a party in going to get him out there so he can make friends in this hobby and, and have people to talk to and look forward to going every year That's awesome. or every two years. Well, man, introduce him to me. I'll give him something cool. Sounds good. <laughs> and also, are you going to be able to make it uh, April 12th on uh, Friday night to the IC Celebration Meetup? It's on site at the Hyatt. I will try. I'm not ah, sure. I'm gonna what's going to PM you the link right now. So all right, do that. All right, brother. <laughs> cool. Um, next, I was actually PMing you the link. I'm sorry, but yeah, I want you there, man. There, and bring your friend too. Okay. I'll hook him up. Uh, all right. Good sw tips for swag hunters. We already did that. All right. The very last thing, man. I've already held you up for longer than we needed but it's always nice talking to you and we, we're chatty cathy's when we get together and that's a good thing. oh god yeah yeah <laughs> i can go all night it doesn't bother me at all but uh is the ic star wars pearl of wisdom since ic star wars is focused on vintage star wars items and our guests like you will be some of the most knowledgeable collectors around i've asked every guest to give one collecting tip it can be anything at all from what to look for in the wild to all the known variations of micro lukov <laughs> Uh, something I've learned from my personal experience in this hobby is that every single collector has really solid info about something, but no collector knows everything. And if we all keep learning from each other, then the community will grow. And that's what it's meant to be. I see. So Rob, what's yes. your, I see star Wars pearl wisdom. You don't need a million dollars to have a great collection. You know, Go out there, find something that you like, find a focus. Don't just buy random stuff. Find a focus that you like, stick to it, build on your focus. You'd be surprised at how, how big your collection can be just doing a focus. Bill McBride has the biggest Star Wars collection in the world of Darth Vader stuff yep. because he likes Darth Vader and that's what he focuses on. He has an amazing so, collection. And don't be afraid to do research. Don't just ask questions. All the questions have been asked smarter people than I have have done all the research years ago. There's the Star Wars Collector's Archive. There's other websites out there, Imperial, Imperial Gunnery. There's other places out there to go and get the answers without just putting a, a, a question out there and looking for someone to do the work for you. Put a little work into it. Make it fun for yourself. Well, the thing is, is once you learn more and more stuff like that and once you do put in that work, then it ends up benefiting you when you're going out there and you're hunting because you're, you're much quicker and you know what's going on and then you don't stumble anymore. Um, so it's always good to learn. And yeah, it's definitely not good to always ask if you always have, you know, there's always those weird questions and we're always here to help. But, uh, you know, he, uh, you hit on something really good there and that is learn, which is one of the biggest things in this whole 
wonderful Star Wars thing we do. And one of my favorite things about it is that it is an unending learning process. There is always more information. There is always another focus. There is always another way to find that information and to learn more about whatever it is that interests you, whether it's Lobot or whether it's General Maidine. It doesn't matter. Um, or whether it's Micros or whether it's Boba Fett. But don't get a Boba Fett focus. It's a bad move. It's stupid expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's fun. So have fun. That's that's the whole trick, right? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, meet people, you know, go to, go to fan clubs, you know, if you can find one in your state, hang out with those guys, you know, they'll have information for you. You're not going to know everything right off the bat. So take your time, do your homework, do your research and have fun with it. Because, you know, when I started the micro in 19, you know, the early nineties, there was no information out there. The internet wasn't the internet. I had to do all the digging myself. And, you know, as I got going and got more, more people started getting into micro and more people were doing research and we would compare notes back and forth. So we were able to problem solve and figure out a lot of how the line was made, you know, why the line failed, you know, all the stuff we needed to do. But the, the information's there. And, and the, the Star Wars Collectors Archive, if you're into vintage stuff, Almost every question you have can be found out there. The, the, the work has been done. It's documented. It's out there. Go out there. Check it out. Read, the, read, you know, read up on whatever it is that you're looking into. You know, unproduced droids and Ewoks, uh, you know, micro collection, whatever it is. You know, information is out there and you can get it, but you got to look for it. You yeah. Don't just take the lazy way and, and ask. One of my favorite questions I saw last week was somebody asked if the sale barge is coming with a new figure or a vintage figure. And the way it was worded, it was like <laughs> old Kenner vintage figure. I'm sure they meant, you know, a retro figure. I'm At least I'm hoping that's what they meant, because if they really thought there was old stock that they're putting in these new, that would be just crazy. And if it was coming but, with a carded power of the force, yak face, old stock, people would be killing each other for him. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes do a little research before you ask a question and you won't look like such a newbie, but because the answers are there, you just have to look. Yeah. It's all about learning. And all these things have been set up by these people who have come before us. Like, I mean, Gus and all those guys at the Star Wars Collectors Archive that put all this time and all this information um, into an easily accessible and searchable website. So if there's anything at all you're trying to learn, definitely check it out. Um, we've talked about it before, and you could always find links to it on uh, IC101. So that's www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ICSW101. Um, all right, brother. Thank you very much for being on the 14th episode of IC Star Wars. Rob Amatea, I really appreciate it. Do you have anything you want to plug before you go? Uh, no, just come and visit my club, Northeast Star Wars Collectors Club, booth 1440 at uh, Celebration Chicago. Perfect. That's booth 1440. I'll see you in Chicago, brother. You got it, Michael. All right. Have thank a good you one. so much. Bye. Don't worry, R2. We're going. We're going. Thank you for listening to episode 14 of IC Star Wars. I really appreciate it. Check out all things Imperial Commissary at www.imperialcommissary.com. Follow the con Instagram page at ICCCon. Follow the con Twitter at ICCCNashville. 
Follow the convention. Check out everything to do with the convention about ICCCon at convention website www.icnashville.com. That's www.icnashville.com. Also follow along on the con Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash ICCC 2019. Also, you can follow along on the convention Facebook page and talk with folks from last year at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IC Collectors Con. I hope to see you all at the celebration meetup or at booth 1340. Come stop by, grab yourself some Imperial Commissary swag right on site at the Hyatt. Uh, you can look on the Imperial Commissary Facebook page for any of that info. If you want to find it, it is www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Imperial Commissary. I hope to meet you soon on the celebration floor at booth 1340. If not, I hope to meet you at the celebration meetup on Friday night on site at the Hyatt. If not, Saturday night at the second IC Celebration Meetup, the Annex Meetup at Connie's Pizza for folks that happen to live near Chicago but can't make celebration or folks that are at celebration that feel like a nice slice of deep dish Chicago pizza. And if not, I'll see you in September. And if you really want to see me before then, well, shoot. Just find a really good Boba Fett. You send me a picture and I'll see you tomorrow with cash. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for being part of the Imperial Commissary. Thank you very much for hearing me out on IC Star Wars, a podcast for collectors by collectors.